Welcome back inside the team CBK locker room for our EPL match previews for round 24, where we'll be covering all nine fixtures as well as sharing our correct score predictions and players to look out for in the cards market. Hello, Righty here, and it is my pleasure to welcome you all back inside the Team CBK Locker Room. And it's been a while. Uh, well, we've been asked if we would bring back the weekly podcast. I know a lot of you enjoyed it, but for one reason or another, we've not quite been able to do that. However, here we are back again. Uh, and we thought we'd do a special edition as the uh, English Premier League is about to return after its very mini winter break. Um, so what are we going to discuss? Well, it's pretty much a full midweek round of action this week. We're recording this on Monday night. So um, there might be a few little elements of team news that you might need to uh, to, to to track before, uh, before you go in with, with the information that we're providing. Um, but as I said, there's a full week of uh, midweek round of action in the EPL. Nine games, and we're going to cover all nine of them. Uh, if the feedback's positive, in other words, if you want us to, we will podcast for you every game week. So we're going to preview each and every EPL game uh, as they come between now and the end of the season, as we come down the home stretch, unbelievably, it soon comes round. So for me, I'm going to give you a brief preview of each fixture. I'm going to tell you my prediction for the result. And also, I'm going to throw a dart at a correct score prediction as well. But also... A very popular market these days is the cards market and more specifically, the player to be carded market. And I've asked a very special guest to join me to give us his expert opinion on each game and which one player he thinks we should be looking out for and keep an eye on from each team. So without any further ado, it's a very big welcome to Matthew O'Regan. Hello, Matthew. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, mate. Thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good stuff. Create a little bit of a niche for yourself over the last few months. Obviously, last time we spoke on the podcast, at least, um, when people heard you, we were doing the uh, EFL uh, previews, uh, the 1 to 24s that we <laughs> that we tried to put each team in order, didn't we? Which was back in August, of course, prior to the start of the season. Seems like a long time ago now. I know, it seems like it was years ago, but it's only a few months, <laughs> I know, but we were going to revisit that in the next couple of weeks, just before yeah. we get right to the end of the season, obviously, just to see if we've got a chance of uh, nailing a few nice, correct ones at decent prices. But that's for another day. As I said, you've created a little bit of a niche for yourself. You've uh, obviously been, been putting your um, card selections on Twitter, come close to... Some incredible wins. Uh, what was the one? What was the one that you you were like one? It was I don't want to mention his name, but the, the Leicester player, shall we say? Daniel, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you mentioned it. That's fair. Uh, and what what? How, just for those uh, the people listening in who aren't aware of that, so just so they know what kind of person we're dealing with here on uh, on the podcast. What uh, what did him not getting booked let your bet down for, which you posted on Twitter? Oh, I can't remember the exact odds but it would have been about 100k like i had a three power treble had a trick had a trixie i still cleared like three 4k from that game but yeah but yeah, yeah cause that, i had five out of six players but it was castagna funny enough as always seems to be the case the wrong fullback got booked. <laughs> Bertrand got booked instead of him so 
So close. And it was a very late card in that one as well, which I'm sure you were refreshing like mad because I believe you were on the train at the time. So I weren't even got, watching I the I just game. got off the train. Uh, yeah, was refreshing. Nightmare. So there we go. Side as well. Was oh. Harvey Barnes the right wing and not the right back? That that lethal assassin yeah. that is Harvey Barnes picking up the card. <laughs> oh, nightmare. So close. But there you go. That's the nature of the beast, obviously. We're not talking about like 1.5 shots here. We're talking uh, we're talking decent odds. And therefore, obviously, there are decent returns. And I know people love it. They love to have a little go on that. Uh, we call it a Vegas bet. It's nice to do every once in a while. And this is a good week to do it. Obviously, the EPL's back after a little while. Um, and like I say, you're not one for skinny odds, are you? So we warn people on that. You've kind of got, kind of got an area that you like, look for as far as your odds are concerned um you will drop under it from time to time but generally speaking you like to have a little bit more value in your in your odds don't you yeah normally unless something like ridiculous stands out i normally go three to one or higher excellent stuff so i'm sure most of the people listening in at the moment are uh familiar with you matthew um but for those that aren't and that aren't following you on twitter do you want to just give us your your twitter handle so they can get following you yeah it's uh matthew underscore o'regan do you want to spell that? <laughs> uh, well, Matthew Matthew's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, there's two T's there, then underscore O R E G A N. Perfect, great stuff. So give him a follow, and as for the team CBK Twitter, very simple at CBK Team, and uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Um, we will be posting some bets as a back on the back of this. But hey, look, without any further delay. Let's crack on. We've, as I said, we've got nine games this week. Unfortunately, your team's not involved this week, are they, Matthew? Giving the rest of the league a, a break. <laughs> them, so. Yes, there we know last minute Neil Morpay equalisers or winners this week. Uh, so there we go. But um, we have got three games on Tuesday night. As I said, we're recording this on Monday. So bear that in mind when it comes down to your... Um, yeah, the player selections and, and obviously the team stuff that we're talking about. We're doing it as best as we can, but obviously with games Wednesday and Thursday, um, there might be a little bit of extra information that pops out after we've recorded. But there we go. So we're going to start with Tuesday night, uh, the, the 7.45 game. And it's a big one to start us off. Um, we've got Newcastle hosting Everton. Um, and obviously the Magpies, they surprised nobody by flaunting their newfound wealth, even raiding Brighton, Matthew. Super yeah. Dan Byrne. <laughs> I know, they've got, got too much money. Well, they have. They splashed what just under 100 million, wasn't it, in an attempt to um, avoid, well, disaster really, and getting relegated out of the EPL. But they were the highest spenders across Europe. As I said, it came as no surprise. I think they, they, they obviously had some certain targets, didn't quite land, but um, they, they, they still picked up some good bits of business. I'd be interested to see how they settle into the side. Eddie Howe obviously knows a win for his new look side uh, against Everton. We'll see them close the gap to their 16th place visitors, to just one point. Uh, although a record of just one home win from 13 attempts in all competitions this season shows there is significant improvement required. Although a win at Leeds last time out did um, build on back-to-back home league draws either side of an embarrassing FA Cup exit to League One side Cambridge. So work to be done, but obviously they've got the new recruits in to try and do that. As for the Toffees, well, obviously they're going to travel to the northeast, flexing their own high-profile new sign-ins, with the uh, deadline day edition of Dele Alley rolling into Merseyside, and Donny van der Beek, of course, uh, added to the appointment of Frank Lampard, which possibly, as far as Everton fans are concerned, was the, the, the biggest piece of news 
Uh, obviously, after Rafa Benitez's departure, what, what's your initial thoughts on on Lampard at Everton? Do you think he's going to do a do a decent job there? Yeah, I think I don't think he'll do badly, but I don't think he's going to be anything special. Like they could have appointed worse, but could have appointed better. Like I think they got enough in them, and he's got enough to keep them up. But it's not, it's not one to like. Right home about really. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Obviously, the Goodison faithful seem very optimistic about it, which is fair enough. It's understandable. Um, and obviously, that was that was fueled by an impressive four-one hammering of Brentford in the FA Cup at the weekend. One thing, though, of course, as we know, they will have to get used to is the name change officially now to Frank Lampard's Everton as opposed to just Everton. So um, only Watford have conceded more than Newcastle's 23 goals at home and Everton have, have conceded each of their last 10 away games in all competitions. And I can't see too much changing as far as that's concerned. And I expect goals in this game with two front foot managers primarily. And uh, I'm going to go with a high score and draw to start us off. So um, my prediction for the result, the outcome is going to be a draw. And my, my, my dart thrown in the direction of the correct score mark, it's going to be a nice 2-2. So uh, it should be an entertaining one up there, but we'll see. Referee is the well-known Anthony Taylor. So what do you make of the card markets in this one? This is, this is effectively, at this moment in time, uh, a relegation scrap, isn't it? It's a bit of a six-pointer. Yeah, Anthony Taylor's a funny one. Sometimes he can flaunt them, but there's other times, <laughs> I don't know if you remember the Spain-France game where mm. I had Gavi to be booked. He should have been booked like seven times. Like, I'd robbed me of like 100 to 1 treble sign, yeah, but he's he's given 180 yellows in 25 games this season, which is 4.32 yellows per game. He's given six reds in this time. Yeah, yeah as you said, it's expecting to be an open game. Both teams going for a thing. And with... Uh, with Lampard, they've been playing a back five, so I could see Coleman being a uh, right wing back. So he'll be expected to get up and down. And I don't know, just seeing him recently, he doesn't seem to have the energy that he used to do. So I could see him being quite lethargic and out of position. And against St Maximum, it's not really what you want. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, he's he's uh, up against St Maximum, so I could see him being booked. And he's odds of fives at Bet365 for a booking, which I think is quite nice against. At maximum, yeah. and then for Newcastle, Joel Linton has been moved to centre midfield recently, and he's declared fit this game. He uh, averages two over two tackles a game and one and a half fouls per game, and yeah, he's on to three point seven five, which I wouldn't back as a single, but if you wanted a nice double with Coleman, I'd recommend adding that in. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, no Ben Godfrey. Uh, I don't think his hamstring, I think it's confirmed that he's, he's out. We'll wait on, obviously, the, the, the official team news on that. But I think he's out for a, for a few weeks. So that's going to jolt the Everton back line a little bit. But yeah, like the Coleman bet, obviously, we, we know um, ASM's the, the, the main threat there for, for Newcastle. Um, and, and yeah, Joe Linton, like, who'd have thought he's kind of dropped back into that midfield role. So, yeah, absolutely fair enough. So, yeah, as Matthew said, you'll obviously hear these now going forward. He's going to pick out one from each side that he thinks is decent value. And I know a lot of people like to stick the doubles in for the same game, which is available through the Bet365 Bet Builder. Um, and also I know um, William Hill do the same thing and um, Paddy Power Betfair as well. So um, there we go. But we'll get you the best prices. And so always worth keeping an eye on. And again, with these games, they're all kicking off quite similar times. So definitely have a check on the team news before you take the plunge 
but we'll give you a good heads up unless obviously there's any specific value and obviously Matthew will tell you to get on early which is great stuff so there we go that's that one box off first one done let's move on to the second game another 7.45 kickoff on Tuesday and we've got West Ham versus Watford mate the weekend FA Cup magic they said is no longer there <laughs> Kidderminster oh yeah how do you feel for Kidderminster I oh, know, I was cut for them 90th minute and 120th minute. It's two heartbreaks in one game. Like. <laughs> crazy, absolutely crazy. And, and you know, I, I saw the end of the game and, and it looked like they'd done enough with like the centre-half giving it a proper, proper well, let's call it a non-league punt down the, down the middle. Looked like they'd kind of staved that off and then Declan Rice has gone on a little bit of a mazy one and, and lashed it in the roof for the net. I said, like, 92nd minute, I think, with, with 93... Or three minutes injury time was given, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, it was yeah. right at the death. And as you say, then <laughs> thinking that they're about to go to penalties and have the chance of a, a you know, a, again the the, the um, giant killing. Um, it's uh, Jared Bowen popped up with a well a, a, a poke home from a yard, wasn't it? He, he was paying close attention to the old bobble as it came across. But um, there we go. So I don't think David Moyes is going to be too too impressed with the showing because he obviously gave his fringe players a little bit of a an opportunity to show what he was missing out on. I can't see too many of them having stated a claim to to get into the the like say his first eleven, the Premier League eleven. Um, I know he made changes at half time. Um, he's obviously had to play an extra thirty minutes as well, so he's not going to be happy with that given the fact that they've obviously got a bit of a busy schedule, that they've obviously got eyes set at the top end of the league and they've got their European commitments coming up as well. So, so I've been taken effectively all the way by a, by a non-league side. I don't think he would have been a happy man. And by the looks of his non-celebrations at the end, I think that said it all. Um, like I say, he rested kind of key starters. Rice, we mentioned with the goal. Aaron Cresswell, who, who set up the, the winner, and Thomas Suchek, who did well to avoid getting a touch on the winner because he was off, he'd have been offside. But um, I don't don't think he'd been overly impressed to have had to bring those guys on to to get a result against Kidderminster. So there we go. But um, uh, as far as Watford, they obviously didn't have any FA Cup commitments. They were dumped out of the FA Cup by Leicester in round three, but they did have some league action to take care of. So uh, a rescheduled trip to Turf Moor for a relegation six-pointer and their third relegation six-pointer on the on the trot. Quite bizarrely, they went into that round of games fourth from bottom and then subsequently played all three sides below them. And I think it says a lot to say that from those three games, they only picked up two points. Draws against Newcastle and Burnley at the weekend, obviously beaten by Norwich as well, which was a massive result, which ended... Claudio Ranieri's reign and saw Roy Hodgson getting wheeled, wheeled back out again to uh, to have another crack at, at Premier League management. Um, so it was, what do you think, what do you think to Roy coming back? Shrewd move. It's obviously a massive departure from Ranieri. It's a, it's a completely different situation, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just a short-term fix. Like, he's a very mm. solid manager, like the 4-4-2, like, they're hard to beat, but there's just not much. I don't know. It's just not. It's not that inspiring. But they don't seem yeah. to have a plan in place. Like, I don't think. No. Like, how how long before you go? It's not the manager's fault. Something's <laughs> wrong with the owners and who they're pointing. Like the philosophy and stuff. It's it's knee jerk territory, isn't it? It's one extreme to another. And look, let's make let's make no bones about it. Like they they're nine games of that a win. 
Um, and they've, they've sunk to the rocky waters, as uh, Roy would like to point out, of the relegation zone. Um, and they hadn't kept a clean sheet all season. And obviously, they did do something about it. So they brought Hodgson in, who's kind of renowned for keeping things tighter, as you've said. Um, and it obviously, first game for up, and, and they've got... they've done that they've gone and got their first clean sheet of the season albeit at Burnley which possibly isn't the hardest job to do to, to shut them out um but you know can you see the Watford ship be another another one there analogy gone in being steady further with a positive result at the London Stadium not for me I can't see it what do you think do you, do you can you see them getting anything at West Ham no because they've just neglected the key area in the window. They haven't signed a centre back. The, the mm. defence is all. They've got Dennis, Saar, and Pedro King. They've got a lot of talent going forward, just defensively and in goal. They're just very suspect. Yeah, they have. And I think obviously Mikel Antonio was was not in the the squad for the Kidderminster game because he'd been on international duty and he scored for Jamaica uh, on international duty. So he'll be good to, to get a little bit of confidence there. Bowen obviously scored at the weekend, started and scored. And the guy just seems an absolute machine and. Can you think of anyone that's possibly caught the eye from kind of coming off the pace to go, you know, this guy's like really, really improved incredibly. He's now got five goals in his last five outings and he seems a real key man for West Ham. Yeah, he's definitely knocking on Southgate's door for a call up. <laughs> Whether he'll get called up is another question, but I think yeah. he definitely deserves it. Yeah, as I say, his fitness levels are incredible. And, and like I say, he's, he's, I think he's, he's Certainly, their their key man at the moment, probably taking over from Antonio, who was 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 sensational at the start of the season. But I think between them, obviously with Suchek, Rice as well, Cresswell's come back in and provide a lot of ammunition from from wide left. Um, they they won the reverse fixture four one. I can't see it being that clear cut. I think so. Hodgson will try and keep things a lot tighter. I'm still going to go for a home win. Um, I'm going to go for two one because, as you said. The lights of Saar, who coming back, you've got King, you've got Dennis, who's been sensational. He's obviously come back from suspension now as well. You think they've got enough going forward and West Ham uh, a little bit shaky at the back, I think, as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd see goals in this game as well. And, but West Ham running out winners in the end. Now, we'll move on to cards. We've got the legendary Martin Atkinson. So I've ruled out the Martin Atkinson bet by saying that I think there'll be goals in the game. How about cards? Yeah, weirdly, I had the exact same score prediction for the two games. But oh, nice. with Atkinson, yeah, he's, as you know, he's not one, not not my favourite ref, but he's given <laughs> a 2.64 cards per game, which is 37 and 14, but weirdly three reds. But he's gone one, one card or under in five of his 14 games, which is, yeah, like, yeah. ridiculous. But, um, there's a couple of nice prices, obviously priced a bit higher because Atkinson's a ref, but there's a Watford's new left-back, Kamara, is seven on Bet365. Nice. And his three starts since joining, he's made four fouls. And he's up against Bowen, he's fouled 1.3 times per game. Yeah. Ben Rama sometimes drifts over to that side. they got, like, yeah, um, two foul bombing on, so it could... And, I don't know, just I, I always like backing fullbacks because a lot of the time they won't be subbed and late on in games if they're winning, like especially if Watford are drawing or winning, a lot mm. of time wasting from throw ins and stuff. So I feel that adds a bit of yeah. extra value onto Extra onto string the to your bow there, it's not just the tackles, yeah. is it? And then um for West Ham, Craig Dawson at five point five on three six five, um 
Yeah, he averages 1.1 fouls a game. And as I said earlier, he'll be up against Dennis and King. Yeah. Uh, I'm not one to use head-to-head for my bets because I, I don't think it's relevant. But for those that do, he was booked last game. He's booked twice this season. And interestingly, he might be one to watch in play because he's had two bookings this season. But his last four Prem bookings have come 81st minute, 90th, 86th and 87th minute. And he's oh, one nice. card in the Conference League this season. Um, in the Europa League this season was 67th minute. So mm. he seems to get carded late on. And obviously late on, I remember, I can't remember what game it was earlier in the season. It might be Burnley. I caught him at 25 to 1 or something to be booked wow. in play. So there's always value there late on. Because, yeah, he just always seems to get a bit late. Nice, nice indeed. And that is great stats and that's great insight. And that's what you're here for, of course, because, uh, as you say, those extra bits of information, it's not necessarily just looking and saying, oh, this guy's only been carded three or four times this season or he's done the X, Y and Z. It's that extra bit of detail. The timings are crucial because, as you can say, you can go, right, you know, there must be a, is a there's a theme. It might be that Dawson's getting a bit tired. It might be being pulled, you know, uh, around a little bit during the course of the game. Um, it might be an accumulation of fouls. So um, there's a reason why he's, say, not getting booked until the final quarter. Um, and as you say, there's obviously more elements to that as well with, with teams hanging on and uh, and doing their utmost to, um, to, to prevent the opposition. So two nice picks there. I like that. And that Kamara's a huge price. I agree with you there, definitely. So excellent stuff. Okay, the final game uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, um, 8 p.m. Or it'll likely be tonight when you're listening to it. Um, and it's Burnley versus Manchester United. So a very interesting one here. Um, Burnley exited the FA Cup at the hands of uh, Huddersfield. So as we just discussed a little while ago, um, played one of their many games in hand at the weekend. They seem to be <laughs> mainly initially through through their opponents calling games off. Then it turned to be them calling games off, but they just didn't seem to play for like weeks. And and, and as a result, partly at least, also the fact that they can't win many games. Um, so it saw them kind of slide down to the bottom of the table. Um, and I think, you know, people are saying, oh, games in hand, games in hand. But with the, with the low amount of points that these sides are getting, I'd definitely rather have points on the board at the moment rather than the games in hand because you think, can you see them getting many points from those? And we'll now discuss that in a moment because they're, you know, obviously next up, uh, Man United at home. Um, they, they, as we said, they played in the, uh, in the, in the, in the league at the weekend uh, against Watford. Uh, another point on the board for them as they fought out their fifth nil-nil draw of the season. Um, and extended their winless run to 10 games in all competitions. And the visit of Man United isn't going to offer too much cause for optimism based on their recent heads-to-head. Um, they're, not, <laughs> they're not a lucky omen for them, that's for sure. Um, they failed to beat the Red Devils in 13 of their last 14 clashes, and they've not found a way past David Zahaya in each of his last six visits to Turf Moor. So David De Gea has been in goal for Man United the last six times they've gone to Burnley in all competitions, and he's not let a goal in yet in those six visits, which is quite crazy. Um, and he's been in great form this season as well, hasn't he? I think we've been impressed by him, certainly with his shot stopping this season. Yeah, he's, his shot stop has been excellent. He's question marks over his ability to like, play, but can't deny how good he is at 
Yeah, he's getting the opportunity to showcase himself, that's yeah. for sure, as well. <laughs> uh, well, well, while Abbasai's narrowly escaped a giant killing, obviously there was no such luck for poor Ralph Rangnick as uh, he saw Cristiano Ronaldo miss a penalty and even miss the target from the penalty spot, which I haven't got the stats on, but can't have happened too many times in his illustrious career. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that, that United dominated um, championship out for Middlesbrough, but... Uh, obviously conceded a contentious equaliser. What did you make of that, the handball situation? I think it was, it was, you could, you'd, you'd be disappointed if that was against your side, but I think it was, it was kind of confirmed that that's the rules, isn't it? No, never handballs. Clear, clear goal for me. <laughs> no bias at all picked up there. Um, and obviously the, the shootout was, uh, well, well done Biddlesbrough. I think eight, eight successive penalties. So, uh, there we go. And it, so it looks like a fifth successive trophyless season, and unless they can go and win the Champions League. But uh, a disappointing return again for United. And I think the, the, the word that I've used a lot to describe their performances is is like underwhelming. They've just been just been a, a poor watch, really, to be fair. But for the more positive of the Man United fans out there, which, of course, there are many, especially listening to this podcast, um, the 1-0 victory over West Ham in their last league outing was a 6 winning nine. And the 3-1 defeat of Brentford on their last away day, despite what Thomas Frank said about where the points should have gone, meant they still have only lost two of their last 37 league road trips, which is a phenomenal record. Absolutely brilliant uh, record for them. Um, so the addition about Weghorst is an eye-catcher one. Would you think of that? I think it's a great signing, don't you, Matthew? Yeah, he's a player I really like. And with Cornet up front and McNeil supplying them, yeah. I see Burnley putting up a really good fight at this, but I think the games in hand might catch up with them. But for them to up front, they've got a chance. It, it's service. That's all it comes down to. And I was then going to say, I think Maxwell Cornet's very much impressed since he's, since he's joined Burnley. Um, not only a Burnley bottom of the league as far as points are concerned, they're also bottom as far as passes that lead directly to a shot. They've had 140 passes that have led to a shot this season so far. And to put that in context and reference with their opposition um, on Tuesday, Man United have had 102 more uh, passes that have led directly to a shot. So it shows you where their issues are. And as much as Veghorst has proven that he can score goals, it'd be interesting to see if he can do that with a, a probably expected limited service um, from his from Burnley. But let's say that you, you've got two or three players around him there that have the potential if they can get the ball forward to them. Um, for me, um, I look like the look of another win to nil for the visitors here. I'm going to go with an away win and I'm going to go with 2-0 as my correct score. And from a contrast, Martin Atkinson to Mike Dean, referee for this one. Uh, I love I love him. When he's not wrestling the game. But <laughs> weirdly, like low card tally this season he's got 52 and 16 which is 3.25 a game and weirdly only given one red which is not like him at all it's not but he needs to grow his beard back i know he's he's a changed man since that <laughs> um but bruno fernandez as we all know is likes a moan or two no and he's um five so four to one bet three six five for a book and he's got six cards in 20 this season and yeah, he's very petulant. And Mike Dean is probably mm. the least likely ref in the league to put up with it. Booked yeah. him in the last game he refed him against Wolves. And yeah, I just think with Burnley's physicality, I think they'll be targeting 
players yeah. who have shown petulance like Ronaldo, Bruno, trying to get a reaction out of them. And I think that'll be the game plan. I think Ronaldo has too much experience to fight, but I think Bruno is the one that will, won't be happy with... <laughs> no, again, kicked up in the air. <laughs> yeah, no, I, can see him, I can see him responding and giving it to Mike Dean or trying to give it back to the Burnley players, though. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. Sorry, I missed the odds. What did you say? Uh, well, four to no? one on Bet365. Brilliant. Yeah, 5.0. Nice. Love that. Yeah, like that a lot. Um, and for the home side? Um, yeah, it's a bit lower than my uh, three to one, but it's uh, 3.6 on Betfair. Uh, Eric Peters, he's been playing left back. He's made, in his last two Prem starts, made 2,000 both for them. Uh, he's 33. As you said, Burnley have having to pile up a fixture, so he might be. But I think I'm pretty sure Taylor's injured, so he might be. He's gonna have to play. So I can see him getting fatigued late on. United have a lot of pacey wingers like Sancho, Alanga, mm-hmm. Rashford. So I can see him struggling a bit, especially the later it goes. And again, like I said, time wasting. I can see, yeah, I can see him being run ragged by United wingers. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And I think one thing that United certainly have got in abundance is, is say, those pacey, wide players um, that that can uh, say they'll have one or two on the bench that they can bring off and uh, and and say make the most of some tired legs. And I believe Taylor is out. I think he's out for another week. I think he's they earmarked him to look to come back um, next weekend. So uh, we'll see there. So yeah, every chance that'll happen. But no, I like that a lot. So very nice indeed. Right, there are the Tuesday games boxed off. Let's move on to Wednesday, um, and it's Manchester City versus Brentford. Wednesday, 7.45 kickoff. And uh, Pep Guardiola saw his 12-game winning streak ended in the uh, in the EPL out, in um, sorry, in their last EPL out, and when they had to come from behind to take a share of the points from a trip to Southampton, who seems to have been a little bit of a bogey side for them this season, not beating them in either of their games. Two draws. Um, however, uh, they got back to winning ways, unsurprisingly, uh, with a 4-1 dismissal of championship leaders Fulham put them in their place I think it was uh it was the bitter sorry the bite of being bitten there at the weekend after Fulham had been smashing everyone left right and centre so uh it was um it was kind of a showcase of the where where City are at and uh, where Fulham are at or any side coming up from the and the championship as well so um a win against Brentford will make it 10 successive wins at the Etihad in all competition. And that run, just to put it into context, does include beating the likes of Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain. And I've seen them smash 30 goals and they've conceded just seven in that period of time. Um, Man City's overall goal difference is plus 41. And only one side in Europe's top five leagues can beat that. Which one's that, Matthew? Quick quiz question for you. I don't know. That's a good answer. <laughs> uh, it's Bayern Munich, unsurprisingly. Oh, yeah. the, the the machine that is Bayern Munich. Uh, so, yeah, they're the only ones with a slightly better goal difference than, than City's plus 41 at the moment. Uh, On to the Bees. Well, they'll take heart from their performance in the reverse fixture where they, where they lost only 1-0. But I don't know about you, Matt, but that seems to be a, a lifetime ago when, when they were... They rattled Liverpool, didn't they, in that 3-3 draw. They were very unlucky against Chelsea at home. They they lost 1-0. Same there with Man City, another 1-0. They were putting in some brilliant performances. Obviously, beat Arsenal on the opening day and seemed to take that momentum forward. And now it just seems to be a completely different side. Um, 
said they've now lost five games on the spin and have conceded three goals or at least three goals in four of them. And they've shipped at least two in all of their last seven road trips, losing at half time and full time in five of those. You don't really want to be then choose the Etihad to go to try and end that run. What do you, what do you make of that Brentford setup at the moment? Yeah, they're cause for concern a bit there because obviously the main aim is to stay up. But they, yeah. As obviously, and then they've got Palace and Arsenal after, which are two tricky games, and then they've got um, Newcastle, Norwich, Burnley. So if they don't pick up any points in the next three, which looks quite likely, they could be in a real. Yeah. relegation dog scrap and obviously Frank has lost his head a bit with recent comments after the Wolves game and thingy and mm. yeah, I've, I, I don't know what their style was like too much in the championship but I've seen a I saw a graph earlier like which team has like the percentage of territory each team has and everything and it just shows Brentford have just been reverting to a, a long ball a lot this season like yeah They've been getting beaten by possession. I think their long ball stats are quite high, so I've, yeah. I've, which is sort of the right thing to do in the relegation scrap, but it's going against everything that they've sort of tried the last few years. So it's interesting. Yeah, I think they're regarded as more of a possession-based passing team in the championship, and have probably thought we can't compete doing that in at the Premier League. But have, have just say been launching it. They're giving the ball away so much, and unfortunately, that's something else you can't do in the Premier League. Is give the ball away to certainly the likes of Man City. You're going to have De Bruyne and Foden and Grealish, and I could go on and on and on, couldn't I? Coming at yeah. you for you know 80% of the game, then you're going to do well to pick anything from it. And as I say, I, I agree with you. I think he just seems to have have lost his his head. Um, you know, say stuff like you know they, how they. They smashed Man United, but obviously lost 3-1. Even at the weekend, they lost 4-1 to Everton in the Cup, um, which was a poor, poor result. Of course, I know the Frank Lampard bounce, etc., etc. But, you know, to then go on and say, well, you know, it, we didn't really deserve that defeat. It was, you know, set pieces, we let them in. Well, you let goals in. So, you know, it's, it's one of those. So for me, again, here, it's going to be a case of by how many. Um, it depends on, on how City want to go about it. You know, sometimes they're in the mood to go and hit seven, aren't they? Sometimes they kind of can see or they, they, they declare at three or four. So um, a very comfortable home win. I can't see Brentford causing City problems here. Um, three nil is my prediction. So kind of a middle of the road, a middle of the road win, but a comfortable one with about 80% possession. And uh, Darren England's the referee for this um, Man City game. Sometimes tough to pick up on the card front. What have you seen? Yeah, it can, it can be very... Um... Hard because obviously, as you mentioned, they just they normally fall it up by about ten minutes so that kills the <laughs> game. But uh, yeah, England's very good ref for cards. Given four point three a game, so fifty six and thirteen. And last game, do you know the last game he refed? Darren England. Yeah. No, I don't. Off the top of my head. Blackburn Middlesbrough, which saw ten cards. So. Oh, it did. Yeah. He's certainly in good form. So hopefully, he carries that up. Yeah. Um. Sort of probably butchered this name, but a uh, Roris R- Roslev, the r- the right yeah. wing back for <laughs> Brentford, is six for a booking. Um, yeah, so it's just purely there's not many stats to back it. He got booked last game, but yeah, he's against. He'll be against Greenish probably. He's fouled two point four times per game or. Mm. Foden he'll be against someone Sterling, really Cancelo. hard to play against. Yeah, <laughs> but the way Cancelo plays, it'll be Cancelo on one other yeah. and. Yeah. I can see him getting in a lot of trouble that game. Yeah, so I'm with a good card in ref. 
Um, yeah. Against two tricky opposition, I quite like the odds of six for a booking. And then, um, 100%. one thing you've definitely got right is without whatever happens on the rest of this podcast, is you're 100% correct that you completely butchered his name. I'm not going to try and bail you out of it. <laughs> that's your call. You should have picked someone else. <laughs> uh, Ivan Tony. Uh, there you go. But no, go on then. Who you got for City? Um, because as I mentioned, Brentford are favouring the long ball this season. T- the, uh, they've been trying to get it up direct to Tony quite a lot this season. Mm. So he's been fouled 2.4 times per game. And obviously there's different, like, I think strikers, big physical strikers are fouled more. And when a tricky wing is fouled, it's more often a yellow because it's quite cynical. When a big strike is fouled, it's normally just a 50-50 tussle, like not yellow card worthy, but still 2.4 times a game is quite a lot. So he'll be up against Laporte probably, who's who's not bad in the air, but he's not like one of them dominant aerial defenders. And he's got five bookings in 19 starts this season, so he's got a bit under the radar for his uh, card in, and he's uh, odds of 4.5 with Skybet or William Hill for a bucket. Nice, nice price, yeah. He'll, he'll be a handful, and I think Tony definitely wants to um, kind of make his name known, uh, other than being on social media, make his name known for um, being a handful at, at Premier League level. So, yeah, and I can see him trying to ruffle a few feathers in the City back line. So, yeah, nice pick. I like it. No, so next one, Wednesday, 7.45 again. Well, we're going to have to try and not be too biased on this one, Matthew. It's Norwich City <laughs> versus Crystal Palace. So, yeah, for those of you that don't know, my team versus the team that you love to hate. Um, but, look, we'll do our best. I certainly will at least to try and be impartial. So, and, and look, but Norwich have had a dramatic change of fortunes over the last few weeks. Um, they've actually won four of their last five games since being swept aside at Sellers Park in the reverse fixture, where they were truly awful. And I know Dean Smith possibly puts that as his, the worst performance since he's been in charge. Um, and admittedly, there's been been like circumstances around December where a lot of injuries, uh, COVID swept through as well, but they were exceptionally poor. Now, you know the win that's got this the run going, Matthew, because you were actually there, weren't you? Charlton versus Norwich, which was a truly dreadful game. So fair play for sticking out that game. I've no idea how Norwich won that one, to be fair. But <laughs> yeah, win's a win in the cup. It's always tough when, to go into. When you win, when you're not playing well is a sign of a good side. Exactly, and, very good. Yeah, we're, we're testing that to the limit over the last few weeks, anyway. But um, obviously, prior to the winter break, um, a really, really important win, a massive win, three 0 at Watford. Obviously, which sent Claudio, Ren- Claudio Ranieri packing. Um, second game on the trot that they managed to do that because they also beat Everton uh, the previous um, league game, which saw Benitez get sacked. So. Uh, I think Patrick Vieira is probably going to be safe if uh, even if they get beat here, but you never know. So keep your eyes on that one. But I think probably the arguably the most impressive win out of all those was at the weekend when they went to the Wolves in the FA Cup and, and won 1-0, which is not an easy place to go. Um, Wolves have been flying of recent weeks or in the season as a whole really don't really concede goals and uh, and I think it was a, it was a good performance because quite easily could have gone there rotated quite a lot of players lost the momentum and then you've got to try and start it again but I think they've kept that going and uh, it's probably kept a bit of a spring in their step so it's um, this is a massive game I think for Norwich Palace at home because do you know the next two games for Norwich? No I've seen they're difficult 
<laughs> They're quite difficult. Man City at home on Saturday, Ooh. followed by Liverpool away. Can't get much harder than that, yeah. Um, I'm not expecting too many points from there, which therefore means, as we say, if we're looking at over a three-game period, um, you really need, they need to be picking up something from this one. So, it's just, again, another massive game, um, but as they're going to be pretty much for the rest of the season. But, obviously, those wins have seen them outside the relegation zone for the first time since the start of the season. So, um, positivity around Carroll Road at the moment. We'll be interested to see if that can continue um, against Crystal Palace, who so their, their last league out and saw them 2-0 down against Liverpool just after the half-hour mark, but showed they've got spirit uh, when they created but missed a string of chances before Edward strike 10 minutes into the second half, got them back into the game. Um, although that turned out to be all for nothing with the Reds wrapping up the game with a controversial, another controversial late penalty. Um, for me, though, Patrick Vieira, so I do seem a little bit different on their travels, they've just one win in 12, which will give Norwich hope that they can continue their run. Um, although, do you know where that one win came? Um, oh, oh uh, United. Wrong one. Man City. Was What? I swear they'd yeah. be United <laughs> in the season. Oh, wait. Was that last season? Uh, um, uh, they don't know. They, they anyway. <laughs> one win and twelve came at Man City, so I'll have to look for further information. Oh, um, they beat City, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy result. So, uh, um, so I say I think Norwich has stumbled a bit on a, on a formation and personnel that's just clicked. Um, but obviously, Palace will be be boosted by the return from Afcon of your your good friend Wilfred Zaha. And yeah. it's going to complement, look, I, I love the look of this this Crystal Palace forward line, to be fair. You've got Zaha, you know he's a threat, you know what he brings to the table. You're probably going to put him down to get booked in this one. Um, yeah. You've got Eze as well. Elise has now come into the side and shown what he can do because he was fantastic in, in the championship last season. Edward, we know, is a decent striker. Um, and you've still got, you know, other players around that. And even like, so, you know, Ben Teke's a threat, isn't he? But like those are those kind of quick attacking players supplemented as well um, by by a, a, the midfield that that, uh, that Palace have got as well then I think it's um, yeah they're, they're, they're a threat certainly so um, I'm going to sit on the fence for this one I'm actually going to go with a 1-1 draw I think 4-0 Norwich <laughs> I'm glad there was <laughs> glad you managed to pull out that bombard. All right, well, okay, well, you weren't there. So I'm sticking one one down. And referee's an interesting one. Paul Tierney, who I'm sure you're going to tell us, he was the referee in the reverse fixture where St Norwich just caved. But what have you got for this one? Yeah, he's got he's given a 3.59 cards a game, so 79 in 22. So he's he's quite a good card in ref and. Yeah, as you said, oh, you've you've given away one of my card bets as a heart. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> 4.5. I haven't even seen your notes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you think he'll start? Obviously, he's back from, from AFCON. Do you think he'll start? It's one for team news, I guess, because I know he's back in training. It was too early for him at the Cup at the weekend. But uh you think he'll start? I don't know. Like, Obviously, I could be biased because of my not-so-fondness not of him. But I think, like... I hate to say it, but I've been really impressed with Palace this year. When they played us mm-hmm. at the Amex, I wasn't impressed. That I don't think they'll good. But whenever I've seen them, they've it's just a completely new Palace team. They're playing with energy. They're playing with flair. They've got they're 
if like they're a very good team to watch, but obviously I don't watch them that often. But yeah, they they are like an exciting team, and I don't know. I just think Sahar's got a lot of talent, but I think I don't know. I just think he's quite greedy and selfish. <laughs> I just think he brings. I think Alyssa and Eze are fantastic players, and so is Sahar. But I just think yeah, I think they're a better team without him. So whether he starts or not, there's another yeah. question straight from Afcon. Yeah, the, the, um, I was frantically trying. You might have worked out that I, the name completely just slipped out of my mind. I was going to say Conor Gallagher, who's had a brilliant season yeah. for for Palace, and I completely couldn't get his name right. And um, but I say I think him supplementing what they've got going forward is um, is is like yeah, it's a very exciting side to watch. So where say Zaha fits fits into that side it will be uh, well. He's kind of their talisman still, isn't he? But uh, mm. they've certainly got options. We'll say that. Yeah, but uh, on Zahar, he's he's only been booked three times this season, sent off once in 16. But I don't think I've watched a game where he shouldn't have been sent off or booked. <laughs> like, he just... He gets fouled a lot because, like I said, he's a very talented player. Like, he's... I think he's the most fouled player in the league. But he just... I don't know. It's just, I think... Obviously, he's fouled because of how good he is. But he's also fouled a lot because people know he gets wound up so easily. Yeah, I think, he's definitely angry. Yeah, he's a very angry man. And I think... Odds of four point five with quite a good card in ref. I don't know. With I can just see Norwich targeting him and him responding with some petulance. And Aaron's is quite good going forward as well. And yeah, I, I could just see Zahar making a cynical foul, a little petulant thingy. And yeah, um, yeah. so it's four point five with Sky William. Yeah, cool. And um, okay. against him should be Aaron's, who's five. Mm-hmm. Five to be bits and Sky William Hill. He's got five yellows and 21 starts. He averages 2.2 tackles per game. Yes, it could be against Sahar, Alyssa, as a like a lot of talent on that side. So I see yeah. him struggling. Yeah, he's he's good for a booking. To be fair, we got some big prizes on him. Uh, I know last season I was doing some bits and pieces on it, and, and like to put him forward in in that market. Um, and he's he's still there, yeah, and he's still there because he doesn't he does like to get stuck in, and uh, he's not frightened either to uh, do the odd cynical one as well. So if if it gets stretched or if Norwich are winning and hanging on, um, then that's a great shout. And as you say, he's going to be uh, unindated with uh, with with. Um, with opponents that, that can cause problems over that side. So, um, yeah, both Norwich fullbacks are always worth an eye on in the card market. So, excellent stuff. Thank you very much for that. Um, another Wednesday, 7.45, got Spurs versus Southampton, um, which just the, the sound of it normally just makes you think of goals. It seems to have had loads of goals in their games over the recent time. But the number I'm focusing on for this one is the number five. Um, seems to be the magic number. Um, they're unbeaten in their last five home league games. Their last five beatings with the Saints um, as well. They've won their last five home EPL heads-to-heads, head-to-heads, and in obviously in three different stadiums, which is a bit, a bit unique, I guess. Um, and Antonio Conte, how many times has he um, faced Southampton and he's unbeaten in them? I'm going to say six. Oh, so you ruined my joke. It is six. Oh, five. Oh, it's no. six. five was the right number. That's what you're supposed to say, but you didn't. So he's yeah, six clashes. But he's won. You've guessed it. Five. There we go. I crowbarred it in in the end. So Harry Kane is going to be licking his lips at this one. He's got a fantastic record um, against Southampton, and he's obviously warmed up for this with a brace yeah. at the weekend. 
Yeah. Well done, Harry, in that fantastic 3-1 victory in the FA Cup. Um, and it, look, all joking aside, he's, he's, he's showing signs of the goal-scoring form that we we come to expect from him. He, he was an absolute imposter <laughs> at the start of the season, wasn't he? He seems to have got the bit back between his teeth now. And um, so he's, he's, he's now looking like a, a threat once again. Obviously, he's got his friend Son up uh, alongside him, fit again, which is always a threat. Um, and, and Kane has scored um, 11 times in 13 meetings against Southampton in the Premier League. So a, a phenomenal record. And they'll be looking to add to that um, on Wednesday night. Um, as far as Ralph Hassan Hootle is concerned, um, look, his side have been defeated only once in the last eight games. But in, in a similar way to um, we, we talk about Man United kind of maybe papering over the cracks as such, two of those eight games were against lower league opposition. And they needed extra time to see off a gallant Coventry side at the weekend who really pushed them all the way. I don't know if you saw any of that, Matthew. Uh, no, I missed I missed no. the Cov game. Yeah, I was yeah. at the um, I was on the way <laughs> to London. Yeah, so I missed the Cov. Bad choice, <laughs> but no, yeah. it was Coventry, Coventry did well, but um, and so a bit unlucky not to not to yeah they not to um take that one to penalties. Goal disallowed right at the end. But um, look, they struggled on the road. Um, of Southampton registering just one win in their last six road trips and they've conceded two goals in all of those six. Uh, so again, I fancy goals uh, in this one. Um, Tottenham are strong favourites to claim all three points. They are the bookies' favourites and are the only side, here's an interesting stat for you, we'll get, get right this one down, Matthew. They're the only side in the EPL with a 100% home record when starting as the favourite. Blimey. I know. There you go. And I'm going to take that run to continue. Mm. And I'm going to go for a high scoring home win 3 1. Now, one of my, I like this referee uh, as far as his booking potential is concerned. I don't know if you share that thought, but the referee in question is David Coote. Yeah, he's one I like. He's a ref I like. He's um, given 4.05 uh, cards per game, 73 and 18. Three reds in this time, yeah. He's got a yeah. card in ref. He is. He's up there. And um, what have you, who have you seen for each side in this? Um, yeah, so, again, a bit shorter than the three-to-one that I normally go for. But uh, three, Salisu is 3.8 with Sky slash William Hill. He's got uh, seven yellows and one red in 20 starts. Who was that red against? My memory's awful and stuff like this. I think you might find it was Tottenham Hotspur. Was it? I think so. Should have maybe doubted now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know it was down, and my memory's awful there. Yeah. Oh, I was trying to jump in before you you went and finished your sentence off with it, but no, go oh, yeah. Okay, sorry, I interrupted. Go on. We really get Kane and Son, who obviously issues. Uh, Romero. Um, his, his odds are way too short, but I found it interesting. He's got four yellows and six Prem starts and a red and a yellow in the Conference League. He's got big Argentina, so another one. If the odds are decent in play, he could be worth a go. But um, the main two ones that are three to one or over, four um, with three, six, five. Again, not much to book it. He's got an all right card record, like not this season, but the season before. He's against mm-hmm. Livermento, who's Southampton's most foul player, 1.6 a game. And... Uh, one who would have won me good money before, like a very big <laughs> trick, see, but I cashed it out because he was on the bench and he came off the bench and got booked. 
But it's uh, El Yunusi, Sevens with Sky oh. and William Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's got uh, three yellows this season, so two off the bench. Commits 1.1 fouls per game. He'll likely be tracking that whichever side he's on, Emerson or Reglion, who like getting forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, could be on for a long evening. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Good stuff. Okay, nice. Yeah, plenty of options there. Um, and, yeah, Salisu was sent off against Spurs in the reverse fixture. So, a bit of form. A bit of form. Good stuff. Cool. Okay, right. Let's uh, find, finish off Wednesday. And we've got Aston Villa against Leeds. Um, in an eight o'clock kickoff, um, and both these sides were able to make full use of a, of the break, with neither involved in FA Cup action at the weekend. Um, prior to that break, Villa snapped a four-game winless run by defeating Everton at uh, a raucous Goodness Park, which I think was a, a good result in the circumstances. Obviously, with Duncan Ferguson taking over for that game, the crowd was bang up for it. So um, to go there and get a one-nil was good, with of course the trademark Emi Buendia towering header, um, as he's well known for. Recent signings of Luca Dina and. And Philippe Coutinho, um, decent. Would you make of those quickly? Yeah, very good signings. It's showing their ambition as well, yeah. Being very ambitious. Yeah. They've certainly got their eyes set further up the table, haven't they? Um, both those two have registered goal contributions already, so that's a nice start for them. Um, and I think Gerard's side he's got there is built full of attacking threat. You know, we've talked about a couple of these sides already, but you look at Villa um, with the likes of Watkins and Ings up front, but Buendia and Coutinho... Um, fantastic players you've obviously got the likes of Bailey who's been injured and, and will be looking to come back in as well um, you know I've missed some players out there as well I can't remember even who I've missed but Dean is going to supplement that attacking wise I'd imagine Gerard will hope he'll tighten things up a bit more defensively because they've looked a little bit leaky at times but um, so certainly going forward they're one of those sides that you actually look forward to seeing because I think they will 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 um, yeah give some sides a, a, a right going over before the end of the season um, as far as Leeds are concerned, after wins over Burnley and West Ham, where it looked like they'd turned the corner, um, Marcello Bielsa would have been disappointed to go into the break with a home defeat to Newcastle. Um, it's meant that they're still looking over their shoulder. They've got a seven-point buffer to the drop zone. Again, I think they probably will have too much to, to get sucked into that, but will need to be picking up results. And unlike many of the sides below them, didn't strengthen in the window. Um, reports Rafinha has come back from international duty with an injury is not the news the Ellen Road faithful would want to hear. They've obviously heard that a lot over the season. Calvin Phillips and Patrick Bamford, obviously key absentees, they're still somewhere for return. So if, if they were to be without Rafinha, that's massive, isn't it? I think he's their key man right now. Yeah, a lot of their attack goes through him. Him or yeah. James. Yeah, yeah. I think Rafinha will be okay, but I think yeah, so there was reports so. that he had an injury. More more team news, I think, over the next 24, 48 hours will confirm that. Um, Leeds won this 3-0 last season with a Patrick Bamford hat-trick. Obviously, he's not involved uh, in this one, um, but I think it's two different sides at the moment. So, Leeds, fair play to them because they've, they've given it a go, haven't they? They've not moaned. They've, they've been decimated by in- injuries. COVID as well, and they've still gone and, and, and got game's done um, and, and they're still obviously as I said seven points clear of the drop zone so um, but so the two sides are probably unrecognisable really from from last season um, home crowd getting right behind Gerrard um, I can see them having too much going forward for a, a side that has shipped 14 goals in their last four road trips 
Um, so Villa have the chance there. Uh, I'm not going to go mad with it. I'm going to keep it quite tight. Uh, I'm going to go Villa 2, Leeds 1. Home win, but 2-1. We've got Australian in charge of this one. Jared Gillette, Gillet, whatever you want to pronounce him. But um, let's call him Jared Gillette. Yeah, um, he's he's one that I thought when I was looking at stats, he only averages 2.7 yellows per game, which I thought was quite mm. low because every time I've watched him, like, when we when we played Norwich away, he's throwing out cards like yeah, he's just for yeah. no reason he's booking players. I thought he's quite a high card in ref, but apparently not. But yeah, he's he's, he's seen enough to encourage me that there will be more cards in the market. Yeah, I, I think he's got potential. I think having seen him on the uh, getting mic'd up in in one of his last, I think it was his last Australian uh, A League game. Um, he just seemed a very um, understanding man management type of referee, which possibly is the reason that he'll only get his cards out if he sees fit or if he's just having a bad day um, from from the looks of that. And he's obviously was very well thought of and respected over there. So um, maybe, maybe that's a reason. But yeah, I think the reputation was that he was probably going to be more cardy than what, what the stats say. Yeah. and So hopefully, yeah, because there's quite a few nice prices here. My favourite prize my favourite price of the whole midweek is in this game. It's uh, Luca Digne at five to one with Sky slash William Hill. Wow, well, yeah, that's a great price. I think that's one to probably get on early because uh, uh, yeah, as a single, that's a big price. Um, Sky and William Hill aren't the best of keeping prices. No. No, so yeah, get on that. Uh, very nice indeed. Yeah, he's going to have his hands full, and he likes to get forward as well as we said. So uh, if he's um, yeah having a trap back, then a little shirt pull or something like that is also in play. So yeah, he's excellent. Got, uh, five yellows in fifteen starts this season, yeah. Yeah. and one in two for Villa. He'll be against James or Rafinha, who I always like backing cards against. So yeah, and he, he's he's another one that I've seen firsthand how petulant he can be. He's another one that likes to moan and complain and do the dirty work so that's uh, another yeah. factor not just fouls yeah that's right and as you said you like your full backs because if Villa are winning 2-1 with, with minutes on the clock or seconds on the clock then maybe you'll pick one up for time wasting yeah exactly and who's who you got for leads another one probably my second favourite both from one game so they make quite a nice double mm-hmm. uh, Adam Forshaw is fives with Sky or William Hill lovely yeah excellent stuff well, William Hill obviously will do the the your bets with them, isn't it? So um, they'll be able to get you'll be able to get the double on with them if you fancy that, which would be a be a cracking price. Um, yeah, no, I like those two picks. There's some there's some big big prices there. Yeah, because um, cent- I've I don't, I've had the data here, but I've lost it. But centre mids are averaging very high tackle numbers against Villa this season, especially under Gerrard. I remember when yeah. we played them away, Basuma had like six or so tackles and. There's always at least centre mid always records at least three tackles against them of what I saw. Yeah, uh, six of the last ten centre mids against Villa have been booked. Forshaw's been booked 1.2. No, he averages 1.2 fouls a game this season and already been booked twice in ten starts. So he likes a he likes a tackle. He likes a foul. And with the centre mid records against Villa, he certainly looks a nice prize. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the price of Skybet reflect how many tackles they expect him to have. So uh, miss time one or two, and as you say, he's uh, he's a, he's a great shout for a for a card. So good stuff. Yeah, I like that a lot. So right, let's wrap wrap things up. We're moving on to Thursday where there's two games. We'll start with Liverpool versus Leicester. 
um, 7.45 kickoff. Um, and I think the worry for, for Liverpool fans or, or pundits were, were saying Liverpool would struggle um, during AFCON, um, but they managed to navigate the absence of Mo Salah and Sadio Mane, who obviously made it all the way through to the final pretty well. They put up five wins and a draw in the six games that they were missing for. Uh, they won both their EPL fixtures. They progressed through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, obviously beat Cardiff at the weekend, and they got through two legs against Arsenal to get through to the EFL Cup final. So um, they can't say fairer than that, really, to be honest with you. Um, impressive form, seeing them lose only two of the last 32 league games, which I think is testament to Man City to show you how well they're doing, that they've actually managed to keep ahead of them. Um, and they'll look to obviously keep on the tail of the leaders, Man City, at the top of the table. as realistically probably their only only competition left now, I think. Uh, and obviously Man City will be playing um, the night prior to that. So um, Liverpool will know a bit more what they need to do. Um, in contrast, uh, I think you saw this one. Uh, Leicester uh, FA Cup holders won't be, re- be able to retain their trophy. They got thrashed 4-1 by Midlands rivals uh, Nottingham Forest on Sunday. Uh, To be honest, (laughs) their defence, the only word I could think of to describe the Leicester defence was a shambles. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. (laughs) Boynch was all over the place. He looked like he'd never played football before. (laughs) It was was terrible. Well, for Leicester fan, it was a terrible watch, just for certain. Um, So, Mo Salah's apparently said that he's he's very keen to take part in this uh, game on Thursday. And probably if he's seen the game from Sunday um, of Leicester's defending, that will make him even more keen to be taking part so he can add some more goals to his incredible tally so far. Um, look, Leicester are 10th in the league, um, but are actually one point closer to the bottom three than they are to the top four, which is kind of their, their usual target. Um, their underperforming players have been given a warning shot um, about their futures by their manager after the weekend disaster. Um, and although they won the reverse 1-0, um, I'm not expecting the same here. Brendan Rodgers has never won at Anfield as a visiting manager and a run that I can't see ending here. I expect them to get comfortably beaten. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with 3-0 in this one for Liverpool, obviously. And um, we've got Chris Kavanagh in charge. Yeah, he, um, he's given 67 yellows. And two reds in 17 games, about 3.9 yellows per game. But with this, there's not too many strong fancies for this. So I've just gone for prices that I looked at on Ostrack. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. So um, first one is Jones at 9.5 with Bet365. Yeah. He's, he's wow. uh, yet to be booked this <laughs> season. But I don't know. I just think for a centre mid, especially against Madison, he's found 1.7 times. They're just a centre mid in a game like this at 9.5 of a decent ref is, is an all right price. That was well, a good price, even if he hasn't been booked. I don't know, I'm just playing the price really. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, obviously game one for team news, but um, so I don't know how Liverpool shape up for this one, but um, that mid, yeah, that midfield certainly is an area where um, we all know that um, Liverpool like to bomb on, don't they? So, um could well get stretched a little bit, and and you've got say Madison's a tricky tricky customer, as well as the likes of um, you know the rest of, you know Leicester players have you know have got some some sort of t- talent going forward. Um, it's just say defensively where they're falling apart. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, not huge price. You're right. And another big price again. Another player hasn't been but this season, but 
Cliff paying the price. James Justin is seven with Sky or William Hill. I just think he got four in 23 last season, which is hmm. it's nothing special, but again, it's a decent record. He's just coming back from injury, so maybe a bit rusty. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know who he'll be up against, but it's just quite a, a nice price again. An opposition yeah. fullback against Liverpool to be six to one. I don't think you see yeah. that very often. No, well, he'll be up against the Liverpool fullback because they play as wingers, don't they? Let's face it. Um, and yeah, again, you'd, you'd expect uh, Liverpool to cause them lots of problems out wide and uh, and a, a good shout, a, a big price. And so I think if you get, as you rightly said there, a, a centre mid or or any fullbacks at that kind of price, then um, it's going to make you um, make you sit up and take notice. So excellent stuff. Cool. Good. Right. OK, well, let's wrap it up. The final game, Wolves versus Arsenal. Um, and the old gold were surprisingly dumped, dumped out of the FA Cup by Norwich at the weekend, um, but had won their last three EPL fixtures prior to the winter break and extended their unbeaten run in the competition to five games, followed on from narrow 1-0 defeats to the top two. So, you know, no no shame there in those defeats. And they have been very hard to beat. Um, goals at a premium probably at both ends, really, to be fair. Um, I think they've conceded or scored eight and conceded eight at home in the league. So it shows you what the how tight it is. Um, but I'd imagine Bruno Lager must be pleased with how his side have done. They're, they're probably you'd categorise as being maybe overachievers a little bit um, and must have his sights set on the, the European places. And those a win against the Gunners will actually see his side overtake them. Uh, and, and keep them right in the mix for one of those European places. Um, you know, and the Gunners have been talked about, Arsenal being talked about as a, as a top four side. So why not Wolves? If they can win this one and overtake them, they'll be they'll be right up there, that's for sure. Um, following five successive wins for Mikel Arteta's side, um, he's seen, he saw them limp to uh, the winter break without recording a victory in any of their final five competitive games, including exits from both FA Cup um, to Nottingham Forest and the EFL Cup to Liverpool, as mentioned already. Um, a lack of income and transfer activity has probably not lightened the mood amongst fans of the North London side either. And despite, as I say, before that um, run at the end of, uh, well, so before the winter break, saw uh, Arsenal in the top four and it seemed like Arteta turned the corner and the fans were happy, it seems now again that they're right on his back. And I think a couple of bad results. Uh, the pressure's going to be heaped on him again. It's a, it's a tough job for him, it seems, isn't it? Yeah, they can't win with that. <laughs> if, they, if they win, best team in the world. If they lose, yeah. rise in the street. The guns are out. Yeah. Um, I see a war of attrition uh, at Molyneux, like not for the first time this season. Uh, I'm going to take Wolves to win. I think they're just going to edge it. I think they're going to have too much and be too tough to break down for Arsenal. Um, I'm going to go with a 1-0 win to Wolves. Um, we end the week, midweek at least, with Michael Oliver in charge. Yeah, Thoughts on him? He's a ref I don't really like. He's given 3.18 <laughs> cards per game, 8, 6 and 27 with five reds. But yeah, he's just just not, not a ref I'm that keen on getting involved with really. Cause he could be so hit and miss. Yeah, he's way down the rankings, isn't he? As far as the EPL refs are concerned, as far as their average average cards per game, it seems he will have the odd game where he'll suddenly throw them around like confetti. But over the course of the season, 
and he's a regular, isn't he? He's, he's probably the most used, one of the most used, certainly referees with the likes of the, your Tierneys and your Taylors and your Mike Deans out there. And he, he, he does kind of keep them in his pocket as a whole, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm just scrolling through now. I think he's, he is the most used ref in the Prem this season. Yeah, I think he is. So, yeah, he's... But yeah, so I think they're quite keen on him because he's, mm-hmm. he's just he's quite consistent with his cards and that. So there's a couple of nice prices about, but none I'm overly keen on. But uh, Ben White at five to one on bet season five, he he'll yeah. be um, out of position at right back, and so yeah, I'm always keen to get involved when players that sure. position. Yeah, agree. And then. Um, it's made at the same price, five, like six to one on Bet365. And I don't know, I just think he, he's one that could be quite clumsy. He's probably up against Saka, Smith Rowe, or Martinelli, tricky yeah. winger. So all it takes one missed time tackle when he's in the book. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. I think you're right. I think you say you've played some prices there in, in key positions. Um, can't even use the who's that on the Traore going to be up against card anymore for Wolves so it's uh, um, and I think that one failed more times than it succeeded surprisingly but yeah mm. I think they're, no, they're good prices especially for White out of position a bit um, so yeah we'll be interested to see how it goes but say certainly some nice prices for you, what you'd expect to be your fullbacks in that one cool anything else to add on that game it's quite a tough one I think to call that yeah quite tricky it's one that I was sort of looking at for a while I just couldn't really see any nice <laughs> things and it's a tricky one that's right, excellent stuff. Cool, brilliant, mate. Thanks ever as much for that. Um, fantastic rundown on there, and some brilliant prices, some great selections, and say some great stats um, to go with it as well. So that wraps up the midweek games, all nine covered. Um, obviously, it's been a while, but we've uh, we've gone through them all in fine detail. So hopefully, you'll be able to pick up some nice selections from what we've done there with both, uh, well, with all of the the result market or the correct score market or the card market. And as I said, we will, what we will do um, with the games taking place over three nights and being fairly dependent on team news as well. Stay tuned to our Twitter pages and get your notifications on. Cause what we're going to do is we'll put a suggested bet based on what we've said and based on team news when we get it um, each night. So Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, we will be putting some selections up a couple of bets, maybe a correct score one and a result one, maybe a um and definitely 100 percent we'll be putting up some card bets as well but obviously we can use the the predictions and the scores for both teams to scores and over two and a half goals well it covers all those kind of really popular markets so but um as i said we'll post those um round about uh, an hour before kickoff so just before once the team news has been announced but that's everything so hopefully you found it useful um stay 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 tuned for our, our our bets that we'll pull up from them but there are that's our overview for now matthew thanks ever so much for joining me again um i will look forward to seeing you again very soon when we'll go through some more action yeah it's been a pleasure thank you for having me no worries at all thanks a lot and uh, all the best to everyone and we'll catch you all very soon thanks for tuning in cheers bye-bye